This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to episode seven of Four People with Bishop Wright. I'm your host, Matthew Bowers. Just a reminder before we get started, this podcast is a conversation between the discussion here and the Four Faith Weekly Devotional that's sent out every Friday by Bishop Wright. Bishop, your thoughts and words this week revolved around Dr. King's sermon, uh, where he talks about the notion of a world house, and of course, tying that to Jesus talking about uh, the Father's house in Scripture. And I mean, just by by hearing those two words, world house, I have an idea of what it means. But can you talk more about that term and and how it's used and how it was used? Because I think for for me, I immediately go to, oh, everyone in the entire world holding hands. I want to give the world a Coke singing Kumbaya. <laughs> um, but I, I think there's something deeper going on. And, and we've talked about beloved community. And for me, I, I, I hold those terms in the same hand, world house and beloved community. And I'm just wondering if if that's correct, if there's a connection between those two. Yeah, as far as I can tell, there's a there's a profound connection. So th- this notion of world house comes from Dr. King's sermon of many, many years ago, where he was talking about this wonderful story where a man just kept uh, building bigger and bigger barns and kept stuffing them with more and more stuff. And, uh, and then the, Jesus tells the story that uh, on one particular night in that man's life, his soul was required of him. And then the story takes you into this sort of question and answer period. But the bottom line is, is that this man in all of his accumulation and all of his building and, uh, and sort of growing uh, of his enterprise, he never considered all the people that contributed uh, to his uh, flourishing. He never realized for once that he was interdependent. He never realized that he was a sibling to those people who were working, those day laborers that were working. He never realized that he was not the center of the universe, but that he was a partner, a sibling, uh, a, a co-tenant, um, if you will, of uh, of the world and of his community and of the universe. And so Dr. King talks about World House as a way to uh, help us remember that uh, you know, that, uh, that God is the God of us all and that you and I are ultimately siblings and that what we do affects everybody uh, in one way or the other. Yeah, you, you put in, in your devotional, it has taken this pandemic for, to, for some to really appreciate that, that Wuhan and Milan and London and Lawrenceville, Georgia are just different rooms in the same house. Um, and, and for me, that makes me think of just how different life is in those places, but how unifying in a weird way it is what we're going through. And I just wonder, is there something about tragedy or loss or just heavy things that that brings that world house together and, and opens up the doors to those rooms in that house? I think so. Uh, I, I think it's uh, what we've uh, seen in COVID-19 is, is that, you know, Wuhan and London and Lawrenceville, Georgia are connected because human suffering and human pain and human fear and disorientation, you know, uh, we're, is really the same. We realize that. But unfortunately, it, it takes this catastrophe or a tsunami or a tornado or a flood to bring us down to that base understanding that, again, we are interdependent on one another and that we are uh, we are siblings of a, of a of a common parent, and so yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping in all of this COVID nineteen business that uh, not only are more more and more people getting a glimpse of 
uh, what we are when we're at our best, and that is radically interdependent and radically caring and kind for one another. I'm hoping that you know when when the all clear gets sounded, whenever that is, uh, months away from now, that that we'll somehow be our hearts will somehow be softened, uh, and we'll bring more of that sort of catastrophe or or um, or pandemic sensibility forward um, into our daily living. I think what happens for us is is that you know when when life is quote normal. And I, I use that with lots of, uh, you know, quotations and, and italicized. Um, you know, we, we sort of realize that we live in uh, or we construct silos and we live in those silos. But when all of that gets burned to the ground at times like this, we realize that we, we need each other. We really do need each other and that we find our best self when we're caring for one another or allowing ourselves to be cared for. And so this is what Dr. King is talking about in terms of world house. It's absolutely related to the notion of beloved community, because, beloved community, I'm sorry, because we are beloved by God. And out of the overflow of that experience, we, uh, we share that belovedness with other people. And, you know, this is not a, a pie in the sky, you know, early to your earlier point. This is not a sort of holding hands kumbaya, not at all. In fact, it's a dangerous idea because it means that um, we've got to pay attention to the way we pollute. We've got to pay attention to the way that we don't share. We've got to pay attention to the policies we make. We've got to pay attention to the uh, legislative process that favors some and excludes others. Um, One of the things that's come to light in COVID-19 is is that we value uh, some siblings uh, more than other siblings. And some siblings have historic problems uh, that have made them uh, uniquely vulnerable uh, in COVID-19, and others of us are well insulated. And so we've got to ask ourselves, what is our fundamental reality? At the center of Dr. King's sermon about World Houses is that, you know, Jesus' uh, wonderful image, which is, you know, in my father's house, there are many mansions, many rooms, many dwelling places. And so we really are related and so, you know, what we're doing is we're harming other family members, other siblings. And uh, Jesus is inviting us uh, to take up a better course of action, a more, uh, a long game, if you will, a hard game, which, which has, for some of us, um, giving away some things and for others of us taking on some things that are going to bring equity and justice. Um, so it's not, not, not in any way... Is it a panacea or a feel good? It's it's about justice ultimately. I'm glad you brought that up because, I mean, I I feel like I'm listening to him being like, yes, I'm there with you. Open the doors to the rooms and let's all you know experience each other. But there is there's a lot of challenge in that. I mean, you're we're being asked to to gather people from vastly different points of the political spectrum, the social spectrum, religious spectrum, all to be under the same roof to, to put words to it. Um, and so what, what prevents people? I mean, we've talked a little bit about having to recognize where we're falling short, but is there something in the human condition that makes us pull into ourselves and, and only think about our own self being, um, is that the nature of sin or just, you know, what's preventing people from doing this? Well, I mean, you, you, you nailed it, right? I mean, I, I mean, one of the ways we talk about how we miss and how we uh, find ourselves obsessed with ourselves 
or just our our kin or our clan or our clique is is sin. It's 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 a word that means we miss we we miss the big picture. We miss the better the better picture. And so what we're talking about is is that how we as a civilization, how we as human beings are so easily tempted to be small, so easily tempted to be separate, so easily tempted to be superior. And what we're talking about is is how in the face of pandemics and catastrophes, tsunamis and other tragic events, uh, a lot of that gets burned away and gets dispensed uh, with and that you and I get back to the fact that what the reality is is that uh, I am yours and you are mine. So, so yeah, we're talking about this, the um, perennial, uh, you know, sort of battle between uh, sin and righteousness, right? Uh, between uh, smallness and, and depth and breadth. Uh, and so that's, that's what is at issue. Um, you know, what we could be talking about as, as, as people who inhabit the same island home, the earth, is, you know, how can we adjust the floor height so that it bears witness that every human being has dignity? I mean, that's, that's, this is why this is a serious conversation. Um, it's a serious conversation about, you know, what could we do in our own middle of North Georgia? What could we do in our own state of, uh, state of Georgia so to raise the floor height of education and economic opportunity and health care and Medicare so that um, more people, indeed, at some point, all people have a raised floor height of resources and care. Uh, I mean, it is uh, absolutely scandalous that we don't think that healthcare is a human right. And so when we're talking about World House, we're, we're, we're talking about uh, uh, better floors and better floor height. We're talking about also raising ceiling height uh, on uh, uh, excellence towards these kinds of goals. I think you brought it up as well, the idea that it's not just person to person, but the relationship we have with the earth. Um, and I wonder if there's part of this concept of, of world house that is very much how we are treating the gift that God gave us on this earth, our Island home, um, with renewal of resources and, you know, protecting creatures and endangered creatures. Um, is there a notion to it of respecting the planet and its resources and not just, how we deal with people. Oh, I think for sure. But, you know, the truth of the matter is that environment, how we treat the environment does affect people, right? I mean, so those two are not necessarily separate ideas, but I, but I think you're absolutely right. I mean, what I worry about is, is, is if our grandchildren and our, our, our grandchildren's children are going to look back at us and say, you polluted the very house that you lived in. Uh, you, you chose uh, a large portion of the house you live in, the earth, and you just decided to put toxic waste there. You just decided to fill it up with discarded plastic. You just, you, you know, you decided to go to one room of the house and, and to kill all the wildlife there, um, you know, haphazardly. So, so, yeah, I mean, will our behavior, how will our behavior now, how will our, what we've averted our eyes uh, to uh, be viewed? Uh, by our great-grandchildren. I, I think we're pretty clear that our great-grandchildren are going to judge us and it's not going to be favorable. Um, I, I think we're taking, uh, you know, we're, we're doubling down in some ways on bias, on bigotry, um, on ignorance. Uh, I think we've made uh, partisan issues of the environment 
so as to uh, line the pockets of some and uh, exclude others. And I think we're going to pay a very big penalty for this. And so this notion of world house is both poetic and, and poignant because it, it begins to bring the idea home that this, this island, this island uh, home, this planet, this earth is, is what we have. It's a gift to us. And that how we're treating it is going to impact people. Uh, I think about water and flint. I think about discarded plastic, uh, double the size of Texas between California uh, and Hawaii, literally three times the size of the country of France. Uh, I think about what that's going to mean. I think about the species uh, that, that, that exists no more simply because of deforestation, et cetera. So uh, the rate of consumption, uh, I did, a, uh, I, I did a, um, a sermon for another group uh, not too long ago, and uh, an astounding fact came to light that at our present rate of consumption, that's w- the way it is now, uh, we need 1.7 Earths just to keep up uh, because the Earth can't regenerate itself. And so, um, you know, maybe that's why some are in a hurry to get to Mars. Uh, but, this, but this is the house that we have. And uh, I mean, it's, we're, we're putting ourselves and our children's children in absolute peril. So it, it is about people, but it's also about the environment. And those things are inextricably linked. Um, we all live under the same roof. Our water is our water. The ocean we have is, is the ocean that we have. And, uh, and so, you know, there's, there's an urgency to this. Um, and, and I think that, you know, maybe COVID-19 has accelerated um, our, our understanding and maybe our willingness uh, to live differently. We'll be right back with some more. If you're enjoying Four People with Bishop Rob Wright, we encourage you to subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. So, Bishop, if our goal is is World House and we're we're moving towards that, if we're we're aimed towards that and we're looking towards that. How do we settle the conflicts that come up? Because, I mean, I look around the world, you know, not starry eyed, and it seems like everyone says, well, I have my room and you have yours, lock the doors. How do you, how do we go about settling conflict meaningfully and not with this idea of, you know, we have our space, you have your space and we'll just abide like that. Yeah, so this is really where it is. I mean, you know, how do we uh, tackle serious, weighty, consequential matters um, when we all realize that we have this house together? I, I think one of the first things we've got to realize is is that um, you know every human being has dignity and worth and value. I'm not so sure I hear that uh, when we're tackling these big issues. What I what I hear most often is uh, vilifying other. Uh, so that we can have strategic advantage. I, I think that's number one. I think number two is, is that I think we've prioritized corporate interests over individual and community interests. And that worries me because it makes profit God. Uh, it's, it's the Old Testament version of the golden calf. Uh, and we have people suffering. And, and so I, I guess I'd like to see if we could incentivize our, our best minds and our brightest minds to help us begin to sort of take a look at that value uh, proposition. Because what's, what's clear is, is that 
uh, while while it works for some, it's it doesn't work for a very many, and it's not sustainable. So I think we have to just sort of sit down and figure out how to, for instance, uh, how do we negotiate and figure out how to keep Mexico safe and how to keep the United States safe? How do we keep a border intact and at the same time partner with one another economically and otherwise so to, to the benefit of everybody? I, I think that can be done. Um, I, I think it, it, we don't have the political will to do it. I think it's much more advantageous uh, to reduce people to sort of a neo-slavery model uh, for slave wages and to abuse their dignity and discard them. And so we've got we've to forsake uh, the model that we've chosen. And it's not just our country and not just Mexico. It, this is a model uh, around the globe. And so we've got to ask some of our best and, and brightest business leaders uh, to, 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 you know, in addition to the bottom line, let's talk about, you know, an ethical and moral business. And already we're seeing some of this because some of our business leaders realize that the present models are unsustainable. Um, Google, for one, uh, has, has decided that it's going to uh, invite people to live a different way, even as uh, that company is harnessing their innovation. Uh, they've decided to value more of the square footage of what it means to be a whole person, a spouse, uh, a, a parent, etc. So, I mean, we are doing it in, in small sectors, but it's not being done broadly and widely. And I think we can do better. So, yeah, we've just got to decide that the model that we presently have is unsustainable. And, and it's collapsing all around our ears, if we're honest. And so this is the biggest enterprise risk to civilization. Uh, that, you know, wealth is being, you know, uh, I was talking to a gentleman just the other day and he was at a, one of these sort of heady gatherings and, uh, uh eight people got in a particular minivan and in, uh, and these people, uh, tended to be, uh, the representatives of people who had access to the majority of the, of the world's wealth. And so in this minivan, these eight people had more than 50% of the world's wealth. That's not a sustainable model. Uh, not for democracy, I don't, and I don't think for human dignity, uh, because the temptation is too great to make human beings a commodity in that model. So, so this is the pushback, because it seeks to change things. And this is why we kill Jesus, because when Jesus comes to a certain ethic of love uh, and, an, and a moral uh, imperative and a commonality, in fact, us, that we're siblings and that God is love, we have to rid ourselves of that reality because it's an inconvenient reality. But this, this thing about God, this again and again, God coming back always through the prophets and other men, women, and young people to assert that the road that we're on is going wrong because it doesn't affirm the fundamental fact that we're siblings and we share this house. So Bishop, I want to give you a chance to, to tie it all together with the goal being heading towards this idea of uh, a world house what has been on your heart, whether that be scripture or a passage, um, something you want to share this week. Dr. King introduces the notion of world house in a sermon, and that sermon is on uh, Luke 12 and 20. The actual title of that sermon is, uh, Jesus Called a Man a Fool. And, and, and the text goes like this, but God said to him, you fool, this very night your life your soul is demanded of you. And so uh, I guess what I want to say is, is that we're living foolishly. 
if we don't want to acknowledge that you and I are siblings and that we share this world house. Uh, I'm thinking about that very much and about ways in which we can live uh, with that reality. So again, wonderful to talk with you. Uh, Remember, take care of yourself, take care of one another, chin up, wash your hands, be encouraged. That's all the time we have for this episode, but we'll be back with you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, connect with us by following Bishop Wright on social media. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you can keep up when we post new episodes and we'll be back with you next week. 